welcome back to the Genesis Story podcast. We're really excited to be back for episode two. Um, a lot of exciting things have happened since we filmed episode one. Yeah. Um, first of all, it's been a running joke that I have not introduced myself <laughs> since the first episode. So um, my name is Carter. I am a part of the launch team at Genesis Church. So um, I'm glad that you're watching, listening, however you're joining with us today. And I have Absolutely. once again with us, Pastor Rory. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back for episode two. Yeah. And um, so I think now that we've introduced myself and yourself, uh, I think it's important. I think we need to recap since the last episode. Now we're here. We've had um, another interest meeting since then. And I think we've kind of wrapped up our series that we talked about from the last episode. So let's talk a little bit about the interest meeting first, how okay. that went to everyone listening. Yeah. So last night we had our, uh, our interest meeting at Myros and um, it was a great time. We, uh, we had had a good number of people come out to meet us and to talk and um, added several great new people to our team. And so Exciting. we're really excited about <laughs> that. And um, in this journey, we're, we've just been believing God to bring along the right people at the right time. It's not yes. just about numbers. It's about um, having the right people to walk together and do ministry with. And yes. so uh, last night was was definitely in the win column for us. Yes, that's so exciting. Um, it's, just, it's exciting to see uh, the interest being peaked in the community yeah. and people just wanting to serve and be a part of what God's doing. That's yes. super exciting. Um, and if you are watching and you want to be a part of Genesis <clears throat> Church, we have several oppor opportunities and ways that you can be involved. Uh, Absolutely. Not only do we have Team Connects on Sunday and Wednesday right now as we're building and growing as uh, our team grows, uh, we're also having Serve Days, which is once a month. That's right. And we've done some really incredible service opportunities here That's locally right. for our communities, and it's been amazing. Yeah, so, absolutely. So last Saturday, um, we went to the Simple Project downtown Monroe, and um, they feed the homeless every Saturday there. So awesome. uh, we went in and cooked and served, and it was like it was just a, a great time. You know, that's important to us is to establish from the beginning what kind of people, what kind of church we're going to be. Yes. It's actually kind of what we're going to talk about today. Yes. A little actually, bit, yes. like teaser. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyways, I'll let you take it. Yeah, no, yeah. So um, actually last Team Connect, which we had which, last Wednesday, we just, the surface level, we brushed up a little bit about Genesis church values and kind of what we're about and what we want our church to be about. And... You know, it was such a good conversation. It was probably like, I don't even know. I think everyone was just joining in and talking. We didn't even yeah. realize how much time had passed because it was something that I think all of us had something to say about. So I think we want to bring that conversation to episode two of the podcast today because it is so needed to talk about. So um, Genesis Church Values, yep. the first, the first uh, point, I guess you could say, that you can find on our website is uh, We Speak Up. And right. uh, we talked a little bit about that, but why don't you kind of share just your heart on We Speak Up and we'll just go from there. Yeah, so this, uh, this value is, is actually something that God, you know, kind of dealt with me um, the last few years about is, is um, the importance of, of, you know, speaking truth. And so I'll just read the value and then we'll kind of we'll jump in and talk about it. Yes. Um, it says this, it says, we believe that truth sets people free. So we strive to speak honestly and boldly to the issues of life, culture, and eternity. We embrace open communication and conversations that edify the church. God chose words to impact humanity, so we endeavor to use our words to overcome conflict, to influence hearts, 
and to change lives. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for us, you know, it's important, you know, as a church to not avoid the issues. I feel like a lot of a lot of interpersonal issues in the world, a lot of misunderstandings comes from lack of communication. Mm-hmm. And um, and where there is, is no trust, there can really be no communication. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is is the, the two kind of play against each other. If if we don't trust, we don't communicate. But by the same token, if we don't communicate, we don't trust. <laughs> yeah. And so you you never really know what the other party is thinking. And so um, ha- having been and lived through situations like this, um, I think it's important, you know, to talk about the things that matter, to have the conversations that matter. Yeah. Um, as a church, we, we have to have the conversations with the world that matter. Yeah. And instead of, you know, pivoting back to our safe space of, you know, the Bible tells me so, yeah. is, of course, we believe the Bible is the Word of God, but there's good reasoning and logic behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, internally, what that means is being being able to approach one another mm-hmm. and have hard conversations because hard conversations are really Which is what, so hard, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> stuff. That's why they call them hard conversations. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously though, it is, it is, and you know, I was actually thinking about this last time we had Team Connect, but I never, I never mentioned it, but I was thinking it. Um, there is that verse in the New Testament. I pulled it up because I, I yeah. wanted to focus on it in Matthew Matthew chapter 18, verse about 15, where it's like, you know, if a fellow believer hurts you, yeah, you know, you should go and work it out between the two of you. Tell him an honest, you know, love and the mercy that God's given you. You do the same to this fellow believer. And like, that's in the Bible. And we don't ever really practice that so much because it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard right. conversation to have when someone hurts you or if you just right. have maybe a differing opinion and you just want to share it or yeah. if you don't feel that you're, that the air is open to share your honest That's opinion. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? There's so much there that can be unpacked and I think it's so important that we set the tone straight. Like, no, you know, we want open communication with yeah. each other. You know, I don't want to hurt you or offend right, you with yeah. words. I want you to come with me if I did so we can work it out, you know? Yeah. That's something that if you bottle it up, it it never it never works out, you know. That's right. And you know, I, I think I think a lot of times we just don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. And and it's like, well, you know, there could be conflict from this, mm-hmm. but really conflict is not a bad thing. No, we made it to be a bad thing. But negative conflict is and how we sure. handle conflict can be a bad thing, but but actually, it's when we're bumping up against differing ideas. What we're really doing is we're we're coming to fully know one another. Yes. And so, um, it's there's interesting kind of balance between these two things. Is that you know there's a lot of people who want to be fully loved, but when you don't speak up, you're not really fully known. Yeah. Right. So you know if if it's in the context of a marriage and there's there's major issues that are between them. If, if those are never spoken, like that person will say, well, you know, in their heart, they'll say, am I really fully loved? Because they don't really, if they really knew who I was, if they really knew what I was struggling with, or if they really knew what I thought, yeah, <laughs> then they wouldn't really love me. And so when you're not fully known, you can't be fully loved. But by the same token, there, there's the other side of that where I think people are afraid um, that if they are fully known, they won't be fully loved. Yeah. Oh. Ooh, and so ooh, you know, so if true. if I say this, and this is, I think, where a lot of us bite our tongues is like, if I say that, they won't like me anymore. <laughs> yes. I think the church does that. Well, if we speak on this issue of culture, or if if we're honest about what we believe, then you know, we'll be rejected. But yeah. the reality is, you you can't come to 
godly relationship without having both of those things, and they, they happen through open communication. Yeah, you know, I don't think we are ever more Christ-like than when we are being honest, even in in differences. Yes, even in um, in, in areas where we're not necessarily seeing eye to eye. Yeah. Like it's not Christ-like to bite your tongue and walk away because yeah. you can't fix what you can't communicate about. That's right. You know, and so. Christ is all about reconciliation. How, do, how does salvation happen? It happens by conversation, right, with God. Mm-hmm. It, interaction, honesty, repentance is coming to an honest moment with God saying, you know, God, like, I have sinned. Like, I've messed up. I've, so it's, it's that bringing out the truth and speaking up. And yeah. so, uh, so that's, that's so important to, I think, who, we, who we're trying to be as a church and who we want to be is, is in order to fully love people, um, we have to create space for people to be fully known. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and that's I, that's a point, a good point that I never thought of too. Just that you know, I'm afraid to say it because if I do say it, then that's right, they won't you know reciprocate a love back to me. But I think yeah. that's also important to know that if you're feeling that way, you know, are you really knowing and loving your Christian brother or sister like you should be? Because sure. you know if. You and I have such a solid, healthy relationship that I should know no matter what I bring to you, you're still going to love me at the end of the day because that's how God loves us. You know, that even in our frustrations, you know, when I pray and sometimes I may be angry, I know at the end of the day that God's still going to care and love for me even through my slip-ups with, you know, however I approach it. I think it should be the same with each other. I feel like if I have a matter in my life that I want to come talk to someone in my church, like in this group, I should be able to come yeah. and I don't feel any kind of like, oh, I shouldn't, you know, yeah. whatever. And right. so I think it's good that we're developing that. In our and I, yeah, I think it comes also from knowing that like we're after the same thing. We may yes. not agree how to get there, yeah, but we're on the same team. Like yeah. we're, we're fighting for the same cause, the same purpose. We want people to, to, to be loved by God, to come to know God. And so we may not agree on the details of, of everything, but I think uh, it's in that context of trust that we can we can really kind of speak up and, and be heard. Yeah. And I think that people are hungry for that in today's yes. world. It's like it's everybody honest. wants to be heard, yeah. you know. Well, you know, in order to be heard, you got to speak up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And also, too, just that, you know, that is what Jesus embodied. That's who he was. Yeah. You know, that that's such a true point. Like, but I think we forget that, no— Jesus said hard things, and yeah. you know what I mean. He did. He said hard things, but he also, didn't just let it go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. He flipped yeah. some tables and stuff. Yeah, and, he's, and he and he did. He had hard conversations, but he, you know, I think it, I think the thing is like when I think about like Jesus like living out his life with disciples and with people that he came in contact with, the hard things that he said somehow, even though he said them, people still looked at him and took those they understood that what he was saying was not out of just you know i don't know malicious honesty or anything like that like he was he was it was a heartful true honesty you know like i know that what you're telling me is for for better is is for good and i think i think you know as christians if we are to approach a matter whether it be with someone else or just about any matter Mm -hmm. within the church i think if we approach it in the right way that's right like through you know love and mercy and grace as jesus would then there will be no problem yeah yeah so one of my favorite sayings a few years ago became um it's better to speak the truth that hurts than heals Mm 
than a lie that soothes than kills. Oh, that sounds like Proverbs or something. Yeah, I don't think it is, but it should be. It's not, it should be. Should Um, be on a fortune cookie somewhere. Yes, (laughs) that's where I read it from. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, but like when you really think about that statement, it's true. It's like sometimes it it doesn't just hurt to be told some things. Sometimes it hurts to say some things. Yeah. But it's in the context of honesty and trust that healing can happen. You know, I've been a part of a lot of uh, counseling, pastoral counseling sessions, and it's when people get really honest that, that like, okay, there's room to move forward now. Yeah. And um, and I think a lot of people spend a lot of time yeah. trying to curate images that they spend less time speaking truth. Yeah. And and truth really does set us free. Is like the day that you really uh, come out with the truth, whether it's in a relationship or a struggle or um, even in a conflict, that's the day that you can move forward. But yeah. until you can do that, you can't move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, those are all very true. And uh, I know that, that sparked a conversation at Team Connect. I think that was just that first point just really opened it up. And moving right on to the second point, um, we aim for growth. I yeah. Here, I'll go ahead and I'll just read that one. Sure. Um, we believe that every Christian is called to a life of discipleship. So we strive to create opportunities for Christians at every age and stage to grow in their walk with God and their understanding of the scriptures. Everything that is healthy naturally grows. With this in mind, we aim for organizational health, for spiritual health, and for personal growth that comes from pursuing discipleship. We refuse to get stuck in a maintenance mentality, and we always aim for God's best. That is, um, I think, a powerful point just to, yeah. to touch on because I uh, definitely don't think that we want to be ever in a place where we're in a rut. Yeah. Um, we definitely want to be in a place that is constantly uh, expanding in yeah. every area that we can. Uh, and I think it's really easy, especially in your walk of faith, to be stuck in a rut. So, sure. um, yeah. What? And so like, you know, for me in that is, is I think that, that there's a lot of people who, you know, the, the definition of sin is to miss the target, right? Or better yet to be aiming at the wrong target. Mm-hmm. Um, it's to miss the mark. So there is a mark. And, um, if you, if you think of it in context of shooting an arrow, um, it's missing the mark. Well, growth is the mark. You know, Paul said, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, right? So there is a mark, and that mark is for us to grow and mature in Christ. I think that in today's culture, it becomes easy um, for people to pursue a faith that, like, well, it, it's something I can pick up and use. You know, it's it's like a, you know, a cool gadget. Like, that's really handy sometimes. Yeah. But um, it's not something that they're applying themselves to, walking in growing in and so i feel like like that we aim for growth it, it, it kind of infiltrates every level of what why we do what we do um that we're calling people to growth but we're pushing ourselves to grow too Absolutely. we never we never hit a point where we're like oh we've arrived like we've got this thing figured out it's constant growth so and that that doesn't mean n- numerical growth that's spiritually um it is numerically but it's also with health it's like it's healthy growth yeah. and um I feel like we, we have to push ourselves um, to aim for that because it's like it's really easy just to show up on Sunday. You know, like that's 
what a lot of the Christian world does, and that's not the way Jesus lived. Jesus discipled. Why did they walk with him for three and a half years? Because what they needed from him, they couldn't get meeting him once a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, in order for you to be who I've called you to be, this is what discipleship is. You're going to walk with me, and you're not even going to realize it. Growth is incremental. Um, I, I saw a video um, of a guy who was talking about working out, and he's like, you know, I can't tell you when it happens, but he said, I can tell you it happens if you work out every day. He's like, there's not one day that I can point to and be like, oh, man, like you, you put on such and such amount of muscle this day, or your cardio improved by this amount that day. He's like, I just know this, that if you'll, if you'll consistently walk, it'll happen. You will grow. You'll get bigger. You'll get stacked. You'll get swole. You know, <laughs> like it'll happen. But like, can I tell you at the moment? No. But I know that if you if you aim for it and you consistently pursue it, you'll hit it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, do you want to take over the third one? So yeah. So we can talk. Uh, we'll be a little shorter winded on this one, but we equip others. Um, so we believe that every believer has a purpose. So we strive to train and equip every believer to discover and pursue their unique, God given purpose. One of the primary roles of ministry is to equip believers to fulfill their God-given purpose. So with this at heart, we resist the pull to become self-oriented and self-focused in our spiritual pursuits. We wholeheartedly believe that we exist to serve others. So, you know, for me, this this is a big thing because um, ministry can't be about Rory Chance. Yeah. It can't be about fulfilling, you know, just my aspirational goals. Yeah. Um, Jesus said, the greatest who's among you will be your servant. Yeah. We exist to serve other people. And so, um, you know, I think that this gets lost a lot of times. You know, uh, the way I think of it is this, is like you, maybe you've been handed a business card by a minister who's like apostle, prophet, and, you know, evangelist, <laughs> all three. You know, um, all these are all the offices I have, like prelate, bishop, apostle. And, um, and we can get caught up in this like, this is who I am thing that we miss that the purpose of what we're here for. Ephesians teaches us that the fivefold ministry exists for the equipping of the saints. Like it's what our job is. Yeah. Is our job is not necessarily to uh, to be the greatest pastors, preachers, most talented social media influencers, any of those things. Right. It's to my job is to equip you. Yeah. Like that's my job. Yeah. And so the moment that that we get off of that definition of ministry, it becomes something entirely different. And so, so you know, for us, we're trying to be very intentional in thinking about how do we equip people. And so, like one of the ways we do that um, at Genesis Church is that we um, we take everybody through um, a discovery process of discovering their purpose and trying to you know connect them with their natural giftings and, and purposes um, that that God has put upon their life in order to, you know, put them into the place where they can thrive, they can grow, and uh, they can be equipped for ministry. So, And that's that. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good one. Um, and, you know, like, well, we can breeze through the last couple here real quick. Yeah, yeah just so, for sure. So we can say we did, and we might we might circle back, you know. There are no rules. We make this podcast, so <laughs> there are no rules. We can always circle back, but we don't want to go too long because we want you to keep listening. So another one is we live generously. Um, I think we kind of touched on that with how we serve as a church. Like yeah. we're trying to, to from the, you know, get go, just establish who we are, and and that we're a church that serves the community. And then um, the last one is pretty self-explanatory. We're spirit-led. It's yeah. like we want we want God to be at the forefront of everything that we do, and to not just do stuff that's good ideas, right? 
deduced as God ideas. Right, and, and I think that also kind of, all of these points really just play in with each other, you know, I mean, uh, making our ministry serving others and about others, you know, not about us, so we really want to make sure that we're spirit-led and not just, That's you right. know, us-led, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, so I think those are all really great uh, Genesis Church values that, yeah. you know, we're embodying and we're making, uh, I'm glad that that is something that is our at our core, you know. Um, yeah, that, that's good. That's good stuff. Um, Absolutely. So I know we we didn't want to focus too much on the values because we also had some other things that we wanted to uh, circle and talk about as well. Uh, we have been talking about make the trip for the past six weeks, and at the last podcast, I think we're about halfway-ish. About that's yeah. kind of where we were, and so now we've we've done the other half. So now that's sure, where we're at, yeah. and I think we just want to kind of go back and focus on those points. Uh, since then and talking about those so can yeah you talk so a little bit about those so points? make the trip i think last time we talked a little bit about the provision of god mm-hmm. and and you know there there's so much in the exodus story um to to kind of glean for the trip and yeah. so um, one of the big things that stuck out to me in this series is is the point when when god tells israel basically you know it's it's after the golden calf incident you know moses goes in the mountain for 40 days and the people are down below, and they get really bored, really disconnected, and um, and so they they build this golden calf. And their explanation of it is, it's like, well, we just you know we took all of our gold stuff, threw it in the fire, and this calf came out. You know, like, <laughs> you sure, know, it just, sure. that's how it happened. <laughs> that's how I saw it. You know, and so um, so Moses comes back down, and you know, this is a breach for them because God has been leading them, God has been guiding them. And God comes to this point with his people that he's like, you know what? I'm going to give you the, the promised land. You're going to make the trip. You can have the land. He said, I'll send an angel before you, and he's going to wipe out all the inhabitants of the land, and you can just go have it. Everything that I've promised you, you can have, except that I'm not going to go with you. And the Bible says that when Israel hears that, they mourn greatly. And so question I found myself asking while studying this passage to teach and preach about it is, is this, what is the definition of success? As a Christian, our definition has to be different than just getting the stuff, right? So say we do make the trip, the dreams do come true, we, we get the job that we always wanted, um, the raise that we always wanted, the income is right, you have the, the dream car sitting in the driveway. Your kids are perfect little angels, you know. Um, they never make messes, you know. They're, they're wonderful children, you know. Um, you know, your marriage is perfect. Um, got a great group of friends around. You have all these things, but the presence of God is not in your life. Is that success for a Christian? And so um, the answer has to be no, that that you can have this whole world, but if you don't have God and, and God's presence in your life, then what do you really have? Jesus said it this way, uh, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but he loses his own soul? And so um, in that week of, of Make the Trip, we had this conversation of, of, of who is your traveling companion? Like who's, who's with you on this trip? Because it's better to have burdens and trials with God it's better to be in a wilderness with God than it is to be in a promised land without Him. Mm-hmm. And like that's 
that, that comes down to the core of what this journey is really all about. God said, you know what? You can have all the stuff, yeah, but you're not going to have me. And they, they immediately recognize, like, that's not what we're in it for. That's yeah. not what we're here for. And so we talked about some ways to, um, to protect the presence of God uh, in our life. And so, um, but, but I think the important thing is to recognize, you know, that definition of success is to show up into the promises that God has planned for you and have the presence with you. And so when we talk about the presence of God, I won't get too deep into this, but you know, God's everywhere, right? He's yeah. here, he's there, he's everywhere. There used to be a song that we used to sing. Yeah. And so, um, he's everywhere present, right? So like, well, you know, David said, if I make my bed in hell, thou art, you know, your, your presence is there, you're there. And so when we talk about the presence and God says this to Moses, he's not saying his omnipresence is going to withdraw. He's God fills all space and time. What he's talking about is his manifest presence. So um, I, heard, I heard someone give an illustration. I love this illustration. It's that if there's a billionaire, say you're in a room with 50 people and there's a billionaire in the room, how do you know there's a billionaire in the room? Let's just say the lights are off. You can't see what he's wearing, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, how do you know he's there? Well, you know a billionaire's in the room when he starts doing things that only billionaires can do. Right. Right, so like he he turns to somebody, he's like, "Here's ten million for you. Here's ten million for you. Ten million for you." And like, I don't know where that room is, but I want to be there. You know, um, the idea is when he does what only he can do, the billionaire was in the room, but now his presence is manifested because you can see him for who he truly is. So. When God's presence is in our life, what we're talking about is God's manifest presence. And when God is doing things that only God can do in our life, it's the favor and blessing of God. God said, I'll give you the land, but you're never going to see my hand move for you like it's moved for you in the wilderness. You're not going to find man on the ground anymore. You're not, the pillar and the cloud not going to be there anymore. Um, all the things that they've grown to love about the presence of God and the manifest presence of God, he said, that won't happen for you anymore, but you can have the land. And they were like, oh, no, we're not, we're not making that trade. Yeah. And so the people begin to mourn and weep because they realize what was really at stake. And so um, I think that, that that has to be the definition of success is not to get everything that, that we're after, but it's, it's to travel with the right companion. Yeah. It's to protect the presence of God in our life. Yeah, and and I think too, you know, like we we we're told a lot, you know, all the time what's successful, what is success, you know, that we're we're fed that every day, and the moment I think that you get those aspirations of what you've been working towards, if God is not in it, there is a little bit there's there's emptiness there because right. you you've you you're missing out on this this uh, I don't know this anchor that you could have if you yeah. had done it with God. Um, right. so, um, that was a, that, that, that was a really good one. And all of those points really stuck out to me when you said, uh, especially about God's presence manifesting, like how you know that God's presence is in it. Yeah. Um, when God starts doing God things, I think that's, yeah, that stuck with me. And then I, there was one more week, I believe that we, uh, had, had not talked about yet about make the trip. Uh, if you want to touch on that as well. Which week was that? The last week. The last week. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, it's sometimes it's hard for me to remember my own sermons. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the very last week, yeah, we talked um, we talked about sticking the landing. Mm-hmm. So you know, Israel comes all the way to the edge of the promised land, 
and then they they stumble. They don't, you know, we know the story. You look back through history, they don't make it into the promised land. And um, you have to ask yourself why. And, and the why really comes down to this is they were afraid. Yeah. The Lord said to them in Deuteronomy 1, he said, you know, the land is before you. Go take the land. I've set it before you. And do not fear or be dismayed. And so, like, there's only one thing that God says don't do. <laughs> it's kind of like a five-year-old, like, don't touch that. And they're like, you know, they're going to touch it. <laughs> and so Israel, like, you know, so they're like, well, let's not go in and take the land. Let's send some spies in and look at the land. And so um, the spies come back and they bring back all these grapes. You know, they bring back all this fruit of the land and they say, it's everything that God said it was going to be. It, it is indeed a land that flows with milk and honey. Um, but here's the thing. There's giants in the land. There's big walls. And those people, they're stronger than we are. And so they say this, you know, this statement that just kind of stands out in Scripture. It says that they saw themselves as grasshoppers in the sight of the enemy. And so they were. And so um, so they get afraid. These ten spies come back and they tell Israel about all these, you know, obstacles. And Israel chooses you know, they all start weeping and they say, let's, let's choose a new leader. Forget Moses. We're going back to Egypt. You know, these guys are too tough for us. And, um, and so because of that moment, right when God presents them the opportunity, they, they get fearful with it. They're afraid to risk it all. They're afraid to really trust God with the outcome. And so they, they abort the landing at the last minute and they don't stick the landing and so they end up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And mm-hmm. so, like, the question is, what really stops us from making the trip? And it's not what you think it is. It's not the obstacles um, that are outside of us. It's not um, the giants. It's not the walls. Those things didn't stop Israel. Yeah. It was the war that happens inside of us, mm-hmm. which is the war of, if, am I really going to trust God or am I going to be afraid? Yeah. Am I going to be afraid? Like, what if it was all just me? You know, in what if, what if it was what if i just dream this all up what if what if god's really not in this and so the only way you can ever really receive from god or see god do what only god can do kind of going back to that other message is if you'll step out in faith yeah if when he says go do something you go do it yeah and so two people out of that entire generation make it into the promised land and it's Joshua and Caleb and they came back they saw the obstacles but they also saw the opportunity and so they say, let's go. We're able to do this. Like God's with us. Um, the enemy will melt like wax before us. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. And the rest of Israel is like, eh, we're a little f- afraid to do that. We're yeah. fearful. And so it's fear. It's the internal battle that keeps us from making the trip. Yeah, yeah that's really good. And uh, I, always, I always find, and because I've had this in my own life as well, that anytime I was ever... Uh, questioning or fearful about a situation, I would feel better and more at peace if I just prayed for God's will because I would know like, okay, if I pray for God's will, I know that I believe that God's will is good and pleasing and perfect as the scriptures say. So no matter the outcome, I know that if I prayed for God's will, then there is no win or lose. There's just always, there's just always a win. You know what I mean? Like I may think that path A and path B, one's a win, one's a lose, but if you're praying for God's will, they're both wins. And so, um, and sometimes you will have to fight for it. It's like, I think sometimes we define the win as like, you know, God just clears the path and we just, we just, 
gracefully oh, walk through the path. Thank you, Lord. But like, no, they. <laughs> yeah. He told him like when he said take the land, he's like, hey, grab your stuff. Yeah. It's time. It's go time. Yeah. And so for us and in, in our team, what that means is, is like when God tells us to 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 walk into opportunities, we have to walk in willing willing to do what it takes to overcome the obstacles. That's right. Willing to work hard. Willing willing to do our part. But expecting God to do His, right? Absolutely, yeah. man. It's good points. Good yeah. points. Um, and and I really think that that's a that was, that was a great way too to just kind of wrap up the make the trip and everything that we've talked about, uh, especially yeah. in reference to our values as well. Sure. Because if we really are moving forward and hope hope to uh, launch next year and grow this team and be everything that we want it yeah. to be, I think in order for us to do that, we really have to embody. Um, everything we've learned through the series and just our values. So I think that's right. Good yeah. conversation and good. Talks. Yeah, it's good stuff. And I think I think a good point to close on is it's not just about making the trip. Mm-hmm. It's not just about the destination. It's about the people who make the destination. Yeah. And for me, that means you know it kind of goes back to our values. Is who will we be when we show up? Yeah. I think sometimes we get more focused on the tangible outcomes than we do about our own development as disciples. Yeah. And, and I think that God cares deeply about who we are as a people. Yeah. I think that what God really blesses is who we are. And so becoming the right people um, is what allows us to make the journey. You know, yeah. it, it allows us to walk hand in hand with God, trust trusting that he's going to make a way um, into the destiny that he has for us and trusting that, that his destiny is better than ours, you know, yeah. the one that we come up for uh, with for ourselves. And so um, it's really who we are when we show up. And so yeah. I think that's a good thing to to kind of end on and to leave you thinking about is who, yeah. who will you be when you show up, you know? Yeah, I love that. Um, and I, uh, I, I think, you know what, it just, this is, just an idea, a thought. I think we should end today's podcast with that, with on that note, and also just with prayer for whoever's watching. Yeah. Um, and you know, you may or may not be on the Genesis team, or you may be on the Genesis team. Yeah. But I think it'd be great to uh, end in prayer, and just if you're interested, we hope that you would join us and yeah. uh, you pray about it. Come and join us if you're feeling that. Yeah. Um, We're always always open. So I did want to say before we pray, Team Connect on Sundays we worship yes. together. Um, but it's not just for our team, it's for everybody. So if you want to come worship with us, um, the doors are wide open and uh, we, we would love to meet you. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Well, let's pray. Lord, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence that we feel. God, even as we talk during this podcast, God, I pray, Lord, that you would do a work in the hearts of those that are listening today. God, I pray that you would challenge us to walk in faith rather than in fear. That you would help us to see the opportunities and not the obstacles, God. I pray that you would help us to fix our focus on you, God, and what your intentions and what your plans are, and to know that that even when we face trials and circumstances, it's, Lord, so that you can show your glory through us and through our testimony. And I pray, God, a prayer of blessing over those watching, God, people that are struggling, God, with defining success. Maybe they become distracted in their journey. I pray, God, that you would draw us back to your presence, God. Draw us back to walking hand in hand with you. I pray your anointing would be upon us. God, that you would bless, keep, and draw us near you. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you for your goodness. Amen. Amen. 
All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining Genesis Story Podcast. We will, of course, be back with another episode soon. Um, and be sure to check us out on all our social media. We're on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you guys for watching another Genesis Story episode. We'll God you bless soon. you guys. We'll see you.